Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. I'm your host as ever, Louis McCaffrey, and this week um, is the week. It's the big week ahead to the the big game on Saturday. And of course, with the Cynic Weekly, we need to bring the best pattern possible for such a big game. Uh, starting us off, I've got Barry Gallagher, a fellow teacher, fellow man on holiday. Yep, enjoying it. We were just saying before we started recording there, I'm kind of Billy Big Boss tonight because I've got a few cans with me um, and that never happens during the week, so looking forward to this. Good on you, Barry. Um, I'm also joined by a man, um, he, he doesn't really drink beer, he drinks shakes. His name's Brian McManus. How you doing? I'm, I'm chuffed to be here. I think this might be the first time I've been on two weekly podcasts in a row since about 2015. It, it's nice, man. It's like you know you and another another man I'm about to introduce. It's like the kind of OG lineup, but we've improved it with Barry and get a the gal. The better gal. The better gal. Absolutely. And uh, the the voice you heard there is the man himself, the fans' favourite, the one everybody wants to see, and the number ten, the fox in the box himself, Christopher Bowd. Hail, hail. Thank you very much for that. That's uh, Fox in the Box. If you could all use that as my nickname going forward, that would be, <laughs> I would be happy with that. Socially distancing from the birds for, for a number of years, but uh, how are you, both? <laughs> <laughs> all right, no. Lockdown's not really been a change for me, to be honest. You know, people just want to stay away from me. Um, help me to cover my face, that kind of thing. It's all the same. <laughs> well, um, listen, I... I'm asking you how you are, but one thing I want to, to do first off, because um, this might turn into a bit of a therapy session with the, the game that is uh, on Saturday, I just want very quickly before we, we get into it, I want everybody's thoughts right now. How, how are you feeling right now before we have this podcast about Saturday? Try and, if you can sum it up in a word, perfect. Um, just don't do a Christian and, and take up five minutes. Barry, how are you feeling about Saturday? Um, I would say jittery. Um, I'm always nervous before these games, but I think um, even more so with the amount of players that seem to be dropping like flies. So it's not helped me any, but yeah, jittery is the word I would use to describe how I'm feeling. Brian? I'm pretty calm, to be honest. Um, I don't know why. <clears throat> Possibly the distraction of international football. Um, maybe the, the adversity we're going to be facing with all these players dropping out, but... Um, or maybe just that the the way things have been going, I don't actually feel the game. So nah, I'm pretty calm just now. Doing okay. Christopher Bowd. Same as Barry, really. Just a big bag of nerves. Um, even with the dropouts, looking at the teams, we should be winning it. I'm sure we will, but I'm just terrified. I always am. <laughs> Either our next week or two is about to be made or broken with uh, one game of football when it's... it's uh, Nervy. Well, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm very much the same. I'm. I'm absolutely shite myself, to be honest with you. Um, it's Tuesday, so, guys. It's still like four days away. Chill, man. Just chill out. I know. I know. But do you know, I was like, I done the rundown for the for the podcast this morning and and started looking at a, a few wee bits and doing a bit of research and things, and it just started kicking up for me. Like all day, it's been on my mind constantly, and I think that's it. Just going to this is going to be the case all week now. Um, so obviously we've got a lot to discuss. There's a few hints to it there with the, the news about P, uh, players being out and things like that. Um, and we're going to come to all the coronavirus stuff uh, in a moment. But first we're going to start off um, not actually looking at the game, but a, a couple of 
kind of comments and questions that we had last week. We always on the Sonic Weekly, we always want you to give us your comments or questions so that we can get you involved as much as possible. Um, I missed one last week on the Flick Chat. The Flick Chat um, is available for our subscribers at the Cynic Co. Um, at the Cynic.co. Um, it's basically like a forum. Uh, for all subscribers to talk and there's a, a range of different posts there uh, for, for loads of different things um, and the Cynic Weekly has got its own um, kind of post on there that you can you can add to and, and talk about uh, anything for our show. Uh, last week we had a question from Declan he said, hi lads, just a question for the panel it's easy to look at the increase in spending under Lennon and bemoan why Rogers wasn't granted a similar budget but what if this increased outlay only exists due to Lennon? Lennon is clearly seen as a trustworthy figure by the Celtic board, more so than even someone like Rogers. So I think Lennon's history with the club and relationship with Wall is a really key cog in the machine that has been Celtic's recent transfer business. Obviously, that was something you know we were kind of looking back at the window as a whole last week. You know, the kind of jobs for the boys idea, you know, with Lennon getting the job in the shower and all that, I mean, we were obviously very critical of it at the time and I don't think anything would change our mind, you know, we weren't wrong to have that opinion at the time, I don't think. Um, Do you think the board trust Lennon and we're seeing them maybe in that window, especially given the economic times that we live in, did they release a bit more funds than usual? Because of Neil Lennon, because they trust them, or was it just because of the season that it is? I think um, I'm kind of 50 50 on that. I think definitely the, the last couple of windows that Rogers had, there was obviously stuff going on. Um, I think Rogers had maybe made it clear that he would be moving on at some point. Uh, there was a whole China debacle. Um, so definitely, I think um, those kind of last maybe three. Uh, transfer windows uh, that Rogers had um, they didn't maybe release as much money as they would have, that's why we maybe seen, you know, all the kind of loans that we had, you know, your Timo Weas and stuff like that um, <clears throat> but I mean, ultimately if you're looking at when they brought Brendan Rogers in, that was a big outlay for the board that, that was um, just his wages alone was a, a huge kind of um, a huge commitment from the board. So I would imagine at the time, if they're going to trust someone with money, it's going to be Rogers. Um, but as you say, they do know Lennon. Um, I think they've got a good relationship or at least have had good relationships with Lennon. So that's going to help. The season's going to help. And maybe, maybe the other thing that's helping is the other people they brought in for recruitment. Because when we look at Lee Congerton versus Hammond, it's night and it's night and fucking day, clearly. So maybe there's a bit of confidence there as well. I don't know what the other guys think. I was just going to say that. Um, I think that I can't remember one of the cynics said that Congerton was going into like sort of strategy meetings with the uh, uh, transfer committee, if you want. And he was presenting players that we had not a hope in hell assigning, uh, guys that were costing 14 million. <laughs> And I think someone said that Peter Law actually thought at one point he was having a laugh, but he was deadly serious. So I think the fact that I think Lennon Lennon said he'd done work with Ricky Hammond before, I think. So the fact that Lennon's in there, he's got a a director of football, if you like, or a general manager, whatever you want to call it. But I think, um, is it Declan? I think Declan's dead right. I think that 
Lennon's, I think Lennon was always well liked by the board and law um, in his first stint as well. Um, so I think there is trust there. And I think it's obvious you would back a manager if you know that he wants to be there and his sole focus is a club. I think just to go back to what Boud said, I think was it maybe halfway through the second season when uh, Rodgers was heavily linked with the Arsenal job? And I think Dermot Desmond had said that he could tell that he did his head turned and when he wasn't even considered on the Arsenal shortlist for the next manager, he was really offended by that. So I just think the board maybe thought that we can't go all in with this guy um, if he doesn't want to be here, and rightly so. So, yeah, I think it's almost... I know that we all have our sort of issues with Lennon, um, and he has been a success, but I don't think you can deny that he's a, a man who will put Celtic first and the board have kind of backed him uh, in that respect. Yeah, I think one of the one of the key uh, points that Lowell made after appointing Lennon in the showers after the cup final, he did say he'd an eye for a player. I think looking back, for the most part, Lennon's signings have been pretty good. You know, they've he's he's bought some players from relative obscurity. Um, they've been a success at the club, and he's he's moved them on, and he's he's kind of done it again just now. Um, but I do think the relationship with Hammond coming in and the long term succession planning has played a part in this as well. Um, Rogers, I kind of forget. I think Rogers, the board allowed Rogers to sign Eddie. Um, you know, our most expensive transfer ever. So they, they did obviously back him to an extent, but he also made some horrendous signings. Um, in Congerton, we all know how much of a shambles he was, and I don't, I don't doubt for a second um, that what Barry said there, where he was going in with players that were just completely out with their reach. I mean, if you look at um, Castagna, who they've now signed for Leicester, um, and the boy. Was the one that went to Valencia as well? We were linked with a uh, right back. Can't remember his name. Um, but, Puccini, Puccini, I think his name. Yeah, was. sort of big yeah. players on big prices, which is all well and good. But obviously, they're having to work to a set budget with Celtic. Um, and Lennon clearly gets that um, and has, as I said, he's had good success previously. We seem to be quite happy with what he's doing just now. Um, so yeah, and I do think there's a hell of a lot of trust between Lawwell and Lennon. So that's probably why he's getting he's getting supported just now as well. And there's there's only so much trust you can give a rat with your money. You know what I mean? He's he's quite right to be sceptical. Um, moving on slightly, a bit of a bit of a curveball. Um, we're going to talk about the Sopranos. Who's seen the Sopranos? Have we all seen it? Yes. Yes. No. Never. Never seen it ever. So I'll take a step step back on this. I know it's something about I don't know some Italian thing about. Italian thing, Brian. That's uh, you know, I thought you were a man of taste. Go watch the Sopranos. Um, yeah. so Gabba Tim Jong exactly. Um, Tim Jong uh, contacted us last week. He said, If the current Celtic squad were to be cast in the Sopranos, who would play Tony, Christopher, Silvio, and Polly? Um, I'll go first just to mm-hmm. take the heat off of the rest of you in case you haven't actually done it yet. Tony, the top man, the top man himself. Um, he's got to be. He's got to be bold. He's got to be a leader of men. He's got to be someone with a bit of a fear element. Uh, and but he's, you know, he's got to be a man of the people, a man that you love despite his indiscretions. That man for me is Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy would play Tony Soprano for me. Um, next up is Christopher. Christopher has got a lot of potential, um, but he constantly lets you down, and he never quite fulfills it. There's only one man for that job. It's another Christopher. It's Christopher Ayer. <laughs> um, 
Silvio, Silvio, you know, Silvio's your consigliere. He's a, a trusted man. He's not going to rock the boat too much, but he does an outstanding job. Some say he's a 7 out of 10 every week. It's Cal McGregor. Cal McGregor for me. And uh, Polly, he's a funny guy. He's a bit of a joker. You know, he can come up with a bit of magic when you want. There's only one man for that. It's Jeremy Frimpong. Jeremy Frimpong, we just need to do something where they get the the wings, the wings tied in. Jeremy Frimpong's a man. Brian, eh, not Brian, because Brian hasn't watched it. Barry, have you got have you got some options for those positions? Um for Tony, I would go with Bruni just because he's the leader. Um he leads with fear but also respect. Um I think we've all seen Bruni in the tunnel, just that look he can give people, and Tony was famous for that look. For Christopher, I've gone for Lee Griffiths. Continuously kind of lets you down um, when you need him, but we all love him, really, and I think Tony absolutely loves Christopher, even though he didn't show it all the time. Silvio, I think, is spot on uh, with Cal Mack. Um, sort of quietly goes about his business in the background, but everybody can see the job he does. Um, and Polly, I'm going to say... I'm going to go for, for Polly. I'm going to say... Eddie, maybe. I'll go for Eddie. Just purely because of his football ability. Uh, he can do the unexpected and when it comes off, it, it comes together beautifully. So I'll go for that. Good. Yeah. Um, Tony, again, I was thinking Brown, if it's a player, obviously Lennon, if, um, if you can include that. I don't know if squad would include, uh, include the manager. Lennon certainly makes decisions which aren't popular, which is something Tony did quite a lot. Um, whereas, as we've already said, Big Bruni, uh, you know, I mean, kill you well. Look, sure, he smoked a few cigars as well. Um, certainly enjoyed the chicken dippers. I know that much. Um, <laughs> bad I mean, uh, Chris, I went with Moy, young boy coming into the squad. Boss makes him all the promises, and then boom, just rips it away. Gives us a three-five-two. Basically, <laughs> ends Moy's career. Um, Silvio, I've went with Encham because Silvio, as you said, consigliere, he was a smart guy, the brains of the operation, pulled off some big moves, but not always that willing to get his hands dirty. Um, and finally, Polly, I've went with Griffiths because he's a moaning wank. Whoa, what do you You're not a fan of Polly? Oh, I, like... I love Polly, but he's fucking moaning. <laughs> moaning like also. I like how Lou, you did that Polly noisy when he said that. Oh, oh, <laughs> hey. um, oh no. Brian, once once you get up to speed, watch all what six series, then uh, you can come back to his wheels. Um, right, we're going to move yeah, on. This this, uh, oh. this podcast obviously is a preview for the big big game on Saturday. Bow, do you want to say something? It's it's gone now. I was just going to say there is a Polly with uh, an interview with Polly, like when he's really young. Because um, he was in Goodfellas, so it's like the gangsters behind the gangster movie. He's a nasty guy by the sounds of it. Like he was a proper, proper fucking proper mafisimo gangster guy. Mafisimo um, Donati. Yes, I would. Uh, I would highly recommend watching it. I'm sure you can Google it. It's on YouTube's. See just, <laughs> see, just before we move on, see, um, I was thinking. Remember the famous scene where uh, Richie April gave Tony the jacket, and he said, "It's a jacket." Yeah. I was thinking of stacking because remember during the Euros and World Cups, he would always wear like a fucking horrendous leather jacket. Leather jacket. That's yeah. just 
So that's just a wee aside. Um, that, that, that leather that leather jacket was that was something else. I, I think we should try and get one of them. Get one of them for Boud. Strachan held a gun to his uh, his lover. Is that is that how he went about his business as well? Right, I'm going to move this on, Boud, if you don't okay. mind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we can hear. I'm I'm all up for having a soprano spin off on the on this. I think I'm happy with that. Anyway, this is this podcast is obviously um, all geared towards Saturday. Is the preview podcast um, for the game on Saturday? We really have nothing else to discuss. Um, so the rest of the show is dedicated to this game. Um, it's the ten in a row season. It's the first time we're going to play them uh, this season. The stakes are are pretty high. Um, I, I know there's a lot of debate about you know whether this game is as important as the other ones because it's the first one and you can recover. And we're going to try and get into all of that. But I think we really need to start with coronavirus um, because obviously half our team's decimated with this thing. Um, because of international duty, we've we've lost what four or five players. Um, so we have. Edward was the first. Um, he has coronavirus. Of course, a caveat everything that we say here, um, although we are focusing on the football, of course, we our first major concern is that all the everybody's safe and, and coping okay with it, and you know, no one's suffering um, too much with it. And obviously, it's contagious, and you know, hopefully, everybody's taking the right precautions and self isolating, so no one's families can get dragged into this either. But Edward was the first, so he went away with the French under-21 squad, um, got it before a game had even happened. I think he was only away a matter of a couple of days and returned a positive test. Now, he is, uh, I think I'm right in saying his quarantine period ends the day before the game. So technically, he would be able to fly in for the game, but... I mean, we don't know his current condition, whether he's kind of debilitated with it. So we don't know whether he's going to be fit at all to, to play, which we'll, we'll kind of come to. Then you've got uh, Beton and Elhamid, both uh, represented Israel against Scotland. Um, Beton came down with it after that game, and then uh, Elhamid subsequently afterwards. So both of them are out, definitely completely out of the game because of their quarantine period. Then you've got Ryan Christie, who Stuart Armstrong got it. And is that right? And Keelan Tierney and Christie were both sharing a room with him or something or being in close contact with him, so therefore had to quarantine. So he's not got it, but he's out yeah. because of the quarantine time. Anybody else have missed out? Yeah, is that us? Duffy's in the Ireland squad, which has got people being testing positive and stuff like that, but he's not he's not yeah. out yet. But so so far he's okay. All in all, it just makes for you know, crisis is probably the wrong word, but you know it's getting close to it. Four players out. You've got James Forrest already out with injury. It's a massive it's, worry. It is. It is. And for me, the I mean, Eddie's the our best player. Obviously, he's been off form recently, but he's, he's our best player. But the worrying thing is the back. You know, Lennon's kind of moved to this three-five-two. I think we are probably, we'll get to it later, I'm sure, but we are probably going to go with that. Julien was kind of not fit at the start of this uh, international window. Hopefully he's fit enough to, to start now, but we've just lost our two backup centre-backs and we're trying to play a 3-5-2. Um, it's, 
I think it's very concerning. And if we lose anyone else, if we lose Duffy, there was rumours about Ayer and Moy, which seem to be absolute garbage today. But yeah, if we lose any more defenders, it's going to get very, very, very worrying. Yeah, I mean, I think there's one of the biggest concerns is there's another round of games to go, obviously, tonight and tomorrow. Um, so you don't know what the conclusion of that's going to be. Um, obviously, earlier on, Cristiano Ronaldo tested positive, um, which might, you know, make UEFA and FIFA take notice as to how stupid these games are just now. Um, Especially as he's at an so at risk category. He's from so old. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, having so many players traveling all over the world playing these games, um, it's insane. But it does seem Celtic have players that <clears throat> with a possible exception of Christie um, I'm not sure the other three would have been a guaranteed starter and I include Eddie in that just on the basis of how he had been playing and so on um, but it does obviously impact the overall squad so if anything was to happen during the game to say you know Julian or Ayer then who are you going to bring on um, <clears throat> but Neil Lennon and Celtic work well in adversity so I'm not I think it's horrendous, but I'm not overly concerned going into the game about it. Yeah, I was just going to say the same. I think that <clears throat> many times in the past, as Lennon sort of created a siege mentality, and I think that's exactly what it has to do here. Um, try and make it work to our advantage. And I know, take it on board what Bowden said about formation. That, that could be the biggest sort of impact if, <coughs> say, we don't lose any more players. The three-five-two plan might be out the window now because we've only got three centre halves. Um, but we'll just need to wait and see. But I think this could be Lennon coming in. He's sort of his strong points. If he uses this, say like everything's going against us, blah blah blah, use it to galvanise the squad. Um, and how sweet would it be if we come out of this with three points? Um, be a great feeling. So fingers crossed. And Lennon, what's his magic? The other thing yeah. as well is even if we move to four at the back. Even that, even the squad with that, with Christie being out, Forrest's already out separately. So then who have you got in the right wing? Maybe you push Frimpong there and you play another right back, but El Hamid's out. So then you're maybe, maybe shot Nair to right back. There's, both formations are really, there's a couple of key positions that have really been impacted by this. I think overall, like, I must say I've been very, I tried to say last week I was trying to be positive and not be negative anymore, but with all this news coming out, it's made me very negative and just worried about the whole thing. Um, it's probably where most of my worry comes from because I think if we had a full complement of players, I'd be quite confident going into the game because I think, you know, we've, we're a better team, um, better players all over, but there's just, there's a bit of a worry crept in for me that, you know, it, Somehow this is going to affect the performance, if you know what I mean, not just with the fact that we're maybe a bit light in the bench, because as Brian says, they're not all, I don't even think, you know, Christie, Elhamid, Beaton, I don't think any of them probably would have started the game, but it's not so much that for me, I think it's more like possibly the squad might be a bit deflated by the whole thing, Um, and, and that's where Lennon comes into it, obviously, he's got to, as as Barry says, develop this kind of siege mentality. And if there's one man to do it, it is him. Um, Riley on um, on Twitter asked, does having fewer players to choose from in areas we have rotated in throughout the season help Lennon? 
can you make this a positive for Neil Lennon? Is his job a bit easier for the fact that he, he doesn't have to kind of make a decision? The decisions are almost kind of made for him. I think I'm, I'm going on the positive vibe. That's where I'm staying on tonight. Because I think that you're right, you know, uh, you're looking at a midfielder, Brown, McGregor and then Jam, which for the most part we'd all be quite happy with for that that three. Um, a Yeti you're hoping is going to be fit. But then you've got Griffiths coming back as well, um, who'll be chopping at the bit. Um, your back three, Ayer, Duffy and Julianne, pretty much picks itself. Um, and then you've got Frimpong and Laxalt. So, yeah, I mean, it's looking okay. You're, I think we're still okay in terms of a start and a living. Um, it's what what's potentially on the bench that would be my biggest concern. But... Um, like Barry said, this is exactly what, you know, people criticise Lennon for maybe not being the greatest tactician or the greatest coach, but everybody really is really positive about his man management skills. And um, this this is a perfect opportunity for it. Out. I'd like to be positive, but I just don't. Christy going out, you'd, that's maybe been the position that's, um, as you see, we've got, we've got plenty there. But um, Christie, as much as you know, I feel he, he probably shouldn't have been playing him for all the games that he did. Uh, he's had an impact, um, and then I know you guys are saying I don't think he would have played Eddie and so on. There's no way Eddie wouldn't have played a part in this game. Um, even if he didn't start, he would have been coming off the bench at some point. Eddie loves to scale for the Huns, and he, he would have played a part of this game. And you'd even maybe hope, you know, he gets away internationals under under 21s for France he'll maybe get some you know clear his head space come back be fresh be the Eddie we know he can be um, and now that's out um, irrespective of form Eddie is our best player There's, uh, there can be no question on that so losing him is a huge blow I think that one thing that's kind of surprised me is I think quite a lot of the attitude that I've seen on, on Twitter is very much of you know oh, it doesn't matter we'll beat them anyway you know, they're shite, we've got better players, we'll still beat them. You know, another one drops out because of coronavirus, Ark will still beat them, it's fine, blah, blah, blah. I mean, fair enough, if, if you are really that confident, but I just think there's a wee bit of a kind of, there's a bit of a kind of blasey attitude to it, as if we're like miles ahead of them. And I, I don't want to get into a debate about what the what the perceived gap is between the teams. But, you know, see, they've proved it on any... You know, and on a one kind of one game basis, any single match they can they can beat us now. So we've got to accept that that they can come. It's not it's not a factor of Celtic Park and home advantage or anything like that. Or, or they only beat us at Ibrox. They could come to Celtic Park and and win. We have to make sure that we kind of stamp our authority on things and and you know step up to the mark. This kind of attitude of ah, oh, it's fine. We've you know we've lost four of four players, you know, that would probably get some minutes if they don't start, you know, it just, it, it, it worries me, you know, and, and it maybe comes a wee bit into last season, which I, I wanted to talk a wee bit about. I mean, obviously last season got curtailed early, but we had to go through the game on the 29th, um, the defeat that we had to endure and, and all the celebrations and things that they had, you know, the, after that game, it, it did feel like all the kind of sound bites from Lennon and others, it was very much of, we know what we need to do. We understand what we've done wrong. We know how to change it. We're going to put it right in the next game. And and we never got the chance to do it. There was a lot of talk about going to 3-5-2. Um, 
and obviously we did in the other games in the league and we saw a massive kind of uptick in, in performances um, and results. But it, it it felt like it was all geared towards the game against them and getting in charm in that team and having him as part of the, the midfield five and all that sort of stuff. How much does... How much does last season come into it for you? Do you think where do you think both teams are in in terms of you know what have they learned from last season? Do you think Rangers are going to make the same mistake twice in, in terms of capitulating like they did? I think I think see if you look at this point of the season last season, um obviously we'd beaten them by now, but Rangers Rangers had a kind of great start to the season up until um that 29th and obviously they won. So I don't think there's anything that they're doing better. The only thing you could say maybe better is they've tightened up a wee bit at the back. But no, I don't think I don't think they've improved greatly. And I think for us it's a bit of a wait and see. Obviously, as we've mentioned, I'd like to have had the full complement of the squad going into this game. But I think it was Stuart who said uh, on the agenda yesterday that the few times that they've beaten us and uh, since they've come into their new incarnation, we've not showed up at all. Um, and that's the most disappointing thing. We haven't made them work for it, really. Um, and you could argue that that's because they've stopped us from playing. But I think if we turn up and we're anywhere near our best, um, if seven or eight of our players have a really good game, I would like to think that we have nothing to worry about. But it is just... I think if we play our natural game and not the occasion, I think we, we won't run out comfortably. Um but for me, I don't think they're any stronger than they were last season because they started the season pretty strongly and it was neck and neck all the way. And as you say, Lou, we pulled away after January. Um, so for me, I don't think they've improved. And it's it's hard to tell for us if we've improved because we've had so many new signings plus so many stoppages with the ball and golly stuff and obviously a couple of international breaks. Um, so it's a bit of a wait and see for me. I think as well, we're obviously, um, you know, there's millions dead, um, so there's a lot going on with the coronavirus, but the the lockdown and stuff did really impact us in that, um, you know, we were smarting from that result in December, and we were building up. I think we can all say we were confident going into that that derby before they get cancelled, and I think if we'd got that, it would just, it would just have given us that kind of confidence that would have knocked that little chip off our shoulder, you know what, Yep, they got their wee win, but we were the better team. We won the league and we smashed them when we got the chance again. And that was kind of taken away from us um, because of the lockdown. And now we've had to wait so long without another game against them since uh, since December, which I think, as I say, I think it plays on you. Do you think it'll be part of the team talk, Bob? What's that? In terms of the last result, like get, try to get the players into the mindset of remembering what that felt like. Because it I mean, was so long ago, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it is. And you've, as Barry said, we've got a lot of new blood in the team as well. So I don't know quite how effective that would be. Obviously, there's still quite a few players from, from that game. But uh, I think it's all about moving forward and letting the players know that this is what they need to do. I mean, they shouldn't need, need motivation. Um, look how close we are in league. They should all understand what the game's about. Um, Brown's there, Duffy. You've got to imagine is going to bring something to that dressing room as well. So, aye, just getting about them. Do you think that we show them just we were, remember like in school when they used to bring the video recorder in and everybody was cheering? Do we just 
show them the video of Gerard screaming down the camera a couple of minutes before kickoff and say, go and put that right. That's what I'd be doing. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Mm-hmm. I think what you said, Louis, about this bravado on Twitter and things about I oh, will scalp them anyway. Um, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just completely blasé. And as much as I'm trying to be positive about the game and feel quite calm, I absolutely do not underestimate them. Um, I think this will be your most difficult game of the season. Um, it's difficult to judge them. I've watched a couple of the games this season. They've looked pretty poor. But in saying that, you could flip that. And, you know, we've all watched Celtic games and we've looked pretty poor. So it's difficult to judge where they are just now. They have had some cracking results. Um you can't take away, you know, going to Holland and beating a team for nothing. Um, and as much as as I'm far as I've been told, Galatasaray are not not great. You know, they, they are a, a big scalp to take and, and you they beat four nil. Um but again, as Barry said, it's a very similar trajectory to last season where they were doing really well. Um they were getting all the praise. Um so it is a it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be our most difficult game to date, but it's a perfect opportunity for Celtic to really pull away because this could be so significant for us. Um, I think if if we don't get a result, obviously things go in their favour um, and they get you know bragging rights and also it's, it's a positive spin for them. Um, if we get this result and then win a game in hand, I think we're five points clear in the league, which is massive. So it's absolutely huge for us. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're currently one point ahead just now, but obviously we've got the game in hand and we'll come to kind of, you know, maybe the impact that the game might have in terms of that kind of later on. But, you know, just going back to, to last season for a second before we look at the teams this year, you know, the, the kind of mentality thing, um, like the way they capitulated, I feel as if almost they've kind of got away with one. See, see for the fact that we did have the lockdown and things, there should have been a lot more scrutiny on them at the end of the season and it never came. I mean, they were on an absolute hiding at, at the time when the league got, got stopped. I mean, they were in terrible form. Um, so I kind of feel as if they've got away with one. I just, my worry is, or what I kind of suspect is, they will be better. I, I think mentality-wise, I think they'll be more resolute this season. Um, I don't think they're going to capitulate the way they did, but then I never think like that. I'm, I'm a wee bit, you know, I suppose I'm being a wee bit cynical about it. I just expect them to to kind of push us all the way this year, um, which just kind of puts even more importance on this game and and you know these games against them I think we would probably all agree are going to be the difference you know and I'm not saying that we won't drop points in other games but I think the games against them as Brian says you know if we win this game and win the game in hand we're, we're five points clear I mean that would be a massive swing um I, I did ashes in the in the lead up um to the podcast to, to have a wee look at the highlights or, or you know, to have a wee look at how they've played recently. I've watched a, I've watched a bit of them um, at different points in the, in the game so far. Um, and I, I wouldn't say I was overly impressed. I wouldn't say there's a, a massive amount to fear. Um, I think they, they've been getting the job done on many occasions, but then, you know, as Brian said earlier, so have we. You know, it's a very similar type of scenario where the performances haven't been great. But they get the results. They all, they always seem to score a couple of goals as well. You know, they, whether it comes at the end of games, they always seem to 
not resting on one goal, which is something I would like to see us do. You know, go and get the second, go and get the third, and put it a bit, you know, a bit further beyond them. They're obviously kind of their main strength is a counter attack. Um, they're they're a very good counter attacking team now. You know, and that's certainly how they play in Europe at times. You would imagine that at Celtic Park we are going to want to force the issue. I would hope that we are going to be the ones dominating possession, which in a way plays to their strengths, but we have to be organised, obviously, on the back of it. Um, but they don't have like getting players forward. I mean, when, when they attack, they've usually got about three or four players on that on that front line in, in line with the striker or the, or the pair of strikers that they've got. So they seem to go a wee bit gung-ho and they leave the kind of two sitting midfielders and two centre-backs um, kind of about the halfway line to kind of deal with any counter-attacks coming back at them. Is there anything that stuck out to you? Any any particular areas of strength or weakness that you think we need to, you know, we need to kind of bear in mind getting into the game on Saturday? One thing that surprised me, um, and thanks very much, Lou, you make me watch them uh, during my, my days <laughs> off. But, um, one thing that surprised me was they were a bit vulnerable at set pieces, and I know that that's been one of their strengths. Um, and obviously... They took advantage of our kind of weakness uh, in that area. My kind of hope is that since we've got Duffy in now, um, not that he can do it all by himself, but that's definitely improved um, our ability to, to defend our own box and also attack in their box. So I noticed, is it Deutsch? Is it Deutsch, the big hub striker? Um, yeah. He was getting a lot of joy um, from crosses and I, I scored a header to get the equaliser. So that was one thing that um, as a weakness stuck out for me. The strength, um, as you said, Louis, they're particularly quite quick on the on the counter-attack. And they've sort of changed the way that they play this season. It's almost like two number 10s behind the striker, um, Hadji and um, Kent, usually. And they seem to kind of thrive in those wee pockets um, in front of, which would be our back three or back four. So I think that as you say, be mindful of them on the break. But for, and for, for us to get strength, uh, to get a positive against them, I think Frimpong's pace um, and Laxalt, who I've not seen a lot of them, but from judging from what other cynics have said, he's kind of particularly quick. So it could be that we try and almost counter-attack their counter-attack to get joy. Um, so hopefully that would do it. But the one thing that stuck out for me was their kind of fragility, um, and set pieces. Anyone else? Aye, we're going to smash them. Um, Duffy to score. That's that's your Chris Bowd lock of the week. Assuming he's not wiped out by the virus, Duffy will score. Big smashing header from a corner. Not a th- Thanks, Bowd. I should do a bit of research and tell us some insight <laughs> on how they oh, play uh, and you just tell us uh, Duffy will score. Oh, Rangers are shite. There you go. How do you like that? Um, Morelos, <laughs> Morelos still looks off it. Um, but I, I don't I don't really disagree with anything Barry said. Um, I, they've, they've, they haven't performed well, but they've got results, which is exactly the same as us, as you've said already, Louis. It's it's a weird one uh, coming into this. I don't I don't think you'd say either of us are on form, but yet we're still running away results-wise. We keep getting results domestically. Um, but, yeah, uh, assuming we don't lose any more of our team, we're going to have too much for them. Um, and Morelos is 
that their top league scorer um, is, of course, Tavernier with five goals, three of which are penalties. So we're probably going to have to take that into account. How many penalties are we going to concede? But John Beaton's in charge, so maybe I'll be fine then. Six and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's the worry. Where <clears throat> Beaton is the appointed referee, they will very likely get a penalty. But I think that I've always thought Goldson's a bit of a weak link for them. He's very rash. He dives in a lot. Um, I mean, even just using an example of the League Cup final, I think Eddie had just come on. Goldson goes through the back of him. We get a free kick and we score. Um, so I think it's going to be very important who we sort of play against him because um, he will give away free kicks. I think he panics quite a bit. Um, I don't know who's going to par- partner him. I've not been impressed with a Hellander, Swedish boy. Um, yeah. That other guy they, they bought from, I think, Wigan or something, who played the first game was the next Allegan. Franz Beckenbach. Yeah. And I have not seen him again. So <clears throat> there's there's not... I they've got some reasonable players. Um, and I think, like you say, they, they do break very quickly. Um, so I think, you know, the likes of Scott Brown, uh, McGregor are going to be hugely important in that aspect of it. But I can't say there's been anything that's really stood out Um for me to, to have a great deal of panic. There's no individuals that I'm really concerned about. I do think Kent and Haji are very overrated. Um, so, But as a, as a unit, they seem to be much better this season. They, they seem to have improved. Um, but it's whether they can handle the pressure again. And the only thing is that they're not having to go into a stadium with 60,000 fans up against them. Um, so that might be a bit of a leveler for it. Um, so, But I think it is a wait and see. Because you know you do, you do actually know what's going to happen over the next couple of days. They've got some players away in international duty. Um, you know maybe they're going to be impacted by the virus as well. You just don't know. One thing I was going to highlight was you know their their transfer business themselves. Um, I wouldn't say there's probably anybody that they've signed that I would expect to to play or, or play a big role. Maybe with the exception of of John McLaughlin, the the goalkeeper, who I think has came in and from what I've seen, he's he's looked quite good to be fair. Um, so I, I think he could start in goals over uh, Al McGregor. Um, the, the likes of Liam Balligan, the the centre half, who they were all raving about, um, it's very much between him and I think that Hollander, who's going to partner Goldson at, at centre half. Um, Hollander was playing in there for a, a good few games, and then he went off in the Ross County game, which was the last league game. Um, he went off injured, and he never went away with Sweden as a result. So it's kind of unsure whether he's going to be out or not. Um, but if it isn't him. It, you know, it is probably going to be that Balogun. Um, you know, their team, from what I can see, from from what I've looked at over over the last few games, um, you know, Al McGregor or, or McLaughlin in goals. I think either one of them. You know, they're both good keep goalkeepers. I, I don't think you can kind of argue too much against that. Tavernier will start right back. Goldson and then either, as I say, Hollander or Balogun will partner them, and then Barisic at left back. Um, they're kind of fairly consistent with that. Their midfield three, they, from what I've seen, certainly when Jack was fit at the, the early part of the season, Jack and Kamara were both sitting uh, very deep. So they two would protect, kind of yep. protect with the, the, the two centre halves um, and let the rest kind of bomb forward. 
So Jack himself was out, obviously, but he did come back in the the I think the, the Ross County game before the break. So you would expect him probably to to feature. So you know you're probably looking at Kamara and Jack, and then you've you know the other midfield one that we've got to contend with will either be Davis, um, or Arfield. I think uh, one of the two. Oh, I fucking hate him, man. Um, so I don't want to. Boy, is he fit? No, I think he's out. I think he's out. He's he's been injured, and I, I don't think he's due to come back for this. Because I think at one point they had quite a quite a few players out who injured themselves, but they've kind of came back. Whereas I don't think he is is going to make it. So that's possibly good news for us. And then front front three will be you would imagine Haji Kent and and Morelis. Um, their other kind of probably their biggest signing um, is that Kemar Roof. Um, who I think they paid four and a half million for, but he's injured, so I think he's out as well um, as a rebo. Not a lot of change from what we faced last season. Is is there anybody there that you think you know, the, especially the midfield three, right? The midfield three is what we kind of lost the game with. You know, these games have been kind of won or lost in the mid midfield battle in the middle. Um, if they play Davis, Davis, Jack, Kamara. Who would you put up against them? Would you match them three for three? I mean, I think you've kind of got to, and, and the three five two would would kind of point at that. Who would you put in to match that that three for us? I think it's got to be Bruni, McGregor, and the Cham. Um, I think Brian said earlier that kind of seems to be the the three so far that are unscathed, and um, with Christie being out, I think I think I probably would have played that three anyway because I think Christie's kind of seldom ever turned up against them. So I would have a sort of flat three, um, like I said last week on this, um, Brown in the centre, McGregor in the left and, and Cham in the right, and just kind of have the three of them playing as a flat three. Uh, obviously, Brown will be the more defensive of the three, but that's how I would line up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with their midfield three. None of them as individuals really bother you, but they do, you know, they're a decent unit. They're, they're relatively well-drilled. Um but yeah, McGregor, McGregor, Brown, and Cham would seem an absolute stick on. In terms of the front three, I think uh, Hadji played for Romania against Norway, and Norway pumped him for nothing. So Ayers already, you know, been up against them. Hadji is he's one of these players, and very similar to Kent, where they got all this hype, and they'll maybe do something that looks pretty special, maybe once you know every six months or something. But for the most part, they don't bring a lot. The problem is. Kent would maybe worry you in terms of his his speed, but you know you're, you're going to hope Frimpong and um, is going to have enough there and, and lacks out as well. Who I'm desperate to see. Um, I want to see him being aggressive. Um, I want to see him starting. You know, I, I do have a fear that that maybe he will you know stick with Taylor. Um, but the, the biggest, I don't think there's any individuals that really concern us. Um, or should concern us, we, we should have more than enough to beat them. Chris Bowd, uh, are you with us? Yes, yeah, I, um, I agree with that. It's Turnbulls. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Bowd doesn't even listen. <laughs> no, uh, something about Celtic. Uh, no, I think Turnbull's the only one that could maybe make the be the wild card for Lennon. He um, scored tonight, I think, for Scotland on the 21s. He did, aye, aye, he did. Um, but I just, 
I, 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 I struggle to see past Brown and Cham and, and McGregor, uh, which again, as Barry said, it really should be enough. Um, and the pace of Rimpong and hopefully the pace of Laxalt uh, will just absolutely terrify them and and be a game changer as well. But we've we've obviously we've obviously been critical of Scott Brown. And and we've questioned his role on the team. Um, Mostly you, to be fair, Louis. No, come on. I think I think a, a lot. Of, I think yeah. most of the consensus Aye. was that he shouldn't be playing. You know, he shouldn't be playing every game. Certainly. Yeah, but is there any argument to to leave him out, or or does he play the ninety minutes and you just you just don't don't think about it? I mean, personally, of course, I would start him. I think it's really important, especially with the you know with the the kind of news this past week and players dropping out, I think it's going to his role is beca- becoming more and more important with every player that kind of can't make it. So I think he's any to chance play. that Gal could edit in your comments from last week where no. you said there's no chance Scott Brown's going to should start that. I would never start Scott Brown in this game. That's because of coronavirus, but I've changed my mind, right? All oh, right, okay. And that's fine. <laughs> it comes from a point of education, so it's fine. Um, but it's I not just flip flop in that's grow fluid. Exactly. Um, my 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 thought is though, you know, if it if it's not working, is is Neil Lennon going to be brave enough to take him off in a game like this? I mean, is he a shoe in to play the ninety minutes? I mean, about was about O'Brien there said about Turnbull. I mean, Turnbull would be an interesting one. You know, I I I wouldn't be totally adverse to it. I, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of later in the game, especially if you know. Well, I either if we're winning or not, it doesn't matter. See, having a bit of extra energy in the middle of the pitch, especially if they're lining up with somebody like like Arfield or Davis. I mean, you would expect one of them to play. Neither of them are particularly quick. You know, Davis obviously is is aging as well. If you've got a really kind of young, vibrant midfield three, high energy, I think that's the way to go. But Scott Brown obviously is is the opposite of that. You just did anybody question has not not maybe necessarily starting place, but should he play the ninety minutes? I think I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Um, I think that I know that as you say we've all been critical of Brown this season, and he's maybe played more than he should have. But I think if you were to ask a survey of Celtic fans, nearly all of them would say he has to play this game. And I think I think just rightly or wrongly, and I'd love to be wrong. I think the game's going to be close right until the final whistle. Hopefully I'm wrong and it's 4-0 at half time. But I think you need Brown in there um, just to keep things ticking over. We saw the influence he had coming off the bench against St. Johnson and pushing us to that win. But I think against Rangers, you need Brown there for the whole game. Um, Unless we are cruising and it's 4-0 and we take him off and put on Sorrow or something just for a laugh. You need yeah. players just on for a laugh against them. That's brilliant. <laughs> you need, you need s- people. People are going to take bodies. That's why I want Paddy on at some point. I mean, I just want him doing the Terminator again, smashing through people. <laughs> You'd be surprised if if Brown doesn't make the ninety-eight. It's probably it probably would be wiser that that midfield free. Um, if you're needing to change legs up, Brown's probably the one to go. But we've seen it in games before this season where you know Brown's been begging to be subbed off. And he's still taking off, you know, whether it's in Cham or someone else ahead of him. Um, and I, again, I suppose a big part of it will be what kind of performance in Cham has, because we know 
you know, on the one hand, he can be man of the match and dominate them. On the other hand, he can just disappear okay. into obscurity. Doesn't turn up. Right. Yeah. So, aye, I suppose it'll, there'll be a lot resting on just how the game's going and and how, hopefully, how people are performing, whether or not Brown makes the 90. Um, but aye, it'd be good to, to get a wee sorrow and a wee tumble on there when we're pumping them 5 now. Let's let's try and pick the team then. Um, Barkas obviously will, will start in goals. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back up, pal. Back up. <laughs> Am I wrong? Hey, Barkas. Barkas is good, but you know, Bain, Bain. Um, yeah, no, Barkas. Big, but you big know, Barry, likes a curveball. Big Barry Barkas. Maybe Connor Hazard will start. Ah, you're drunk, Brian. Um, <laughs> are, are we all in agreement that we're going three five two? Can it, does anybody think that we'll revert to four two three one? It's all on. So on you go, Barry. Yeah, I was just going to say what you said, Bud. Like although I said at the start, um, I think personnel-wise, we've only really got three fit centre halves. But as you said, if we try to go four at the back, um, we would probably have to play Ayer right back anyway if we're moving from Tong forward because we don't have a right mid. So I think we've just got to take the risk uh, and go three five two for me. Yeah, and you've got Welsh yeah, there. That I mean Lennon. That could be the Lennon curveball. Throw fucking Welsh in. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's down to personnel. How many? How many more we lose to the Rona? Right. So if we're going, let's assume three five two. Um, the back three obviously picks itself. Then um, any anybody worried about Julian? Considering he's been out, uh, you know, you don't want to, uh, if he's going to come in and, and basically can't be replaced and is, you're going to have to rely on the three of them for the 90 minutes, his fitness might be a bit iffy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but then we've got no choice, Barry, have we? We just need to play like he needs to play yeah. and that's it. You just need to say, don't be shy today, but I, I, think, I, said, I think I said last week. Are you, are you a manager, Barry? Team talk action. Don't be shite today. <laughs> All we needed was Barry when Effie was on the team. Here, Effie, right? Just gonna know be shite. My concern was that I think you've got to play Duffy uh, right in the middle of the back. Three. Yeah. Um, and Which does mean Julian's got a bit more work to do if he's out. Yeah, because if, if they get in behind our fullbacks, I think <clears throat> I think Ayer's been playing on the left, hasn't he? So yeah. uh, Julian yeah. would be on the right hand side. And I think Kent's been kind of coming off the left for them. So that would be my one worry that if Frimpong is forward um, and them running at Julian. But as you say, Louis, we just have to kind of play to our strengths. Um, and yep. I think I think the strongest back three would all, I think would all include them in it. So, yeah, let them worry about us, I think. One, one thing I would say is uh, if you're, you're talking about a list of scalpers, I think Julian would be right up there. He loves a game against them. Why? Most of the time he rises to the occasion, so mm. hopefully it's the same this time. Um, obviously, right wing back, Frimpong, there's no real kind of other choice there. And then at left back, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I, like Brian, I really want to see Lax out. I'd love to see him. But I think Lennon's going to go with Taylor. Aye, I think, see, just based on what I said there about spacing behind fullbacks, I think if you play Taylor, you could almost, within the game, shift Ayer over one, and then it becomes a back four, if if needs be. Um, 
So I think just because Taylor, we would, I know he's not a favourite of any of ours, uh, particularly, but I think the one strength he does have is defensively, he's pretty sound. So I think he might just, as you say, go with Taylor because of his defensive capabilities and the pace that they have um, in the front three. So, yeah, I'd love to see Lax out, but I think Taylor will play. Um, I'm, I'm on the Lax out limousine and I am not coming off for anyone irrespective of your sensible points and whether or not Lennon would like to play him. All about Laxey. Yeah, the only worry is that Taylor Taylor's obviously experienced um, and Laxey's, you know, brand new out the rapper for us. I would love to see him start. Boys played think... at World Cups, Brian. <laughs> All the experience you need. I don't think that I don't think the atmosphere will intimidate him to be fair. That might be a need. case for throwing him in because there is no atmosphere really in this game. So if you, if he is yeah as you say if he's played at a World Cup, just say go out and play. It's basically the only pressure will be from his teammates and um, know what it means, but there'll be no pressure on the crowd uh, if he makes a mistake or anything like that. Mind when he played against Germany, I uh, just smashed the Huns, it's fine. There, there, there's also an element of the unknown with him, which I, I think might be good. You know, he's an unknown quantity. It's not as if they're really going to have prepared or be able to prepare, prepare too much for him, I don't think. So, you know, Greg Taylor, it's very obvious his, his deficiencies, you know what I mean? They can they can pretty much allow him time on the ball and they know that he's going to play it back inward. You know, he's far too predictable, Greg Taylor, and that would be my worry. Um, so if possible, I think it would be good to to maybe throw Lax out in there. And as you say, you know, the guy's got experience. He's not as if he's a, a, a young player, you know. To be fair, he's never played... Um, I think most of his career has been in Italy, so it might be a bit different playing over here, but... You know, you would you would rely on his, his experience over, you know, I suppose what you what you know you're gonna get from, from Greg Taylor. Yeah. And he's played that wing left wing back position as well, which is a huge, huge, um, huge bonus to, to bringing him in. So yeah, just ignore how spec he is, and I can say that as a specker, but hopefully hopefully we'll be able to do some damage against him. I'd I'd just love to see you with cornrows, to be honest about. I think uh That'd be a massive improvement. Um, <laughs> up up front, you know, we've kind of picked our midfield three already, Brown, McGregor and Cham. I, I don't think there's a massive amount of debate about that. I think you would argue, see up until now, you know, with the exception of Brown, that is probably the strongest lineup that we can go with. Um, up front is probably it's going questions. to be a, it's going to be a wee bit of a debate. I said last week um, I would start, or in the, the reaction, um, when Griffiths, after Griffiths heroics, I said I would start him in this game. I am, I've not really wavered in that too much. Don't get me wrong, I think if Eddie is, if Eddie is somehow fit, which I just can't see, Eddie has to start for me. He's just too, too big a player. And I think it would be a a bit of a confidence boost for the squad as well if he he came back and made it. Certainly the fan base, I think, would, would react if they saw his name in the team sheet. I, I don't disagree that Eddie and Ayeti are your kind of number one and number two for the, for the striking positions, but Lee Griffiths in this game, confidence high, something to prove. I'm very, very tempted to play him. I really think Griffiths could be the one to 
you know, I, I, see when I you're looking. Work. Yeah, but when, see when you're looking, like nice. you're looking for other players to step up, aren't you? Yeah, you know they're they're going to have to. Some of the fringe players, whether it's going to be players that are on the bench and, and going to get game time when they maybe wouldn't, you're looking at someone to step up and, and rise to the occasion when when other players are out. This is all stacked, I think, for Lee Griffiths, either starting or coming on and making a, a big contribution at, at points. Can anybody see him doing that? I, I, I would love to see him, but and I think another kind of plus point of playing him is his delivery. Obviously, we've added uh, Duffy to that. Um, and I think if we don't play Griff, we've not really got anyone who can. McGregor, to kind of set-piece deliveries a wee bit sketchy. But for me, I think we'll... If a Yeti's fit, I think it'll be Moy and a Yeti. I think the reason why we might play Moy is because sometimes, as we've said, they get stuffy in the midfield and having an extra body to kind of link the play, um, we could almost kind of have four midfielders in there because sometimes they'll kind of have a flat four. Um, so I think it'll be Moy playing just off a Yeti, but I think Griffiths is going to have a part to play. And Louis, you mentioned earlier, I think... Uh, Paddy Clamalla um, will have a part to play from the bench because the one way where Rangers are suspect is running at them um, and if they're tired, say 70 minutes onwards, someone who's full of determination will be Clamalla. But in terms of starting 11, I think it'll be Moy and Ayeti. Uh, touch wood that Ayeti's fit. I would love Eddie to be, but I, I think I think even having Eddie on the bench will be a massive boost. Brian? Yeah, I think the, the biggest issue we've got is if you look at all our strikers, um, Eddie, Griff and Ayeti, we're concerned about all of them. Um, you know, obviously Eddie's positive for uh, COVID and the other two, Ed Griffiths is just coming back and Ayeti's been injured. Fully fit, ready to go as, as Paddy, um, although a high, it's highly unlikely he's going to start. I agree with uh, Barry. I think Moy and Ayeti is probably the most likely. Um, I would love to see Eddie start, but you know, if you start Eddie on the back of everything that's happened, um, it has the potential to go very wrong, um, which could then lead to, to further criticism of of Eddie or Lennon. So I think I've, I would feel safer with Eddie starting on the bench and then coming on to cause a bit of damage later on. Bowed, Bowed Dayton Steel, if you looked up the Wikipedia. Yeah. Now, yeah. do, who, who plays for Celtic? Who plays for Rangers? You're gonna give, us, have, give us a better yes. strikers. Glasgow Celtic, also known as the boys. Um, I think it's a fucking. It's this is it's the most difficult. There's all sorts of combinations. Um, I think yeah, I think the guys are right. A Yeti Moyes probably the most realistic or sensible option. I don't think as he. I don't think. A lot of people are saying Eddie isn't a possibility. I think it is a possibility. I just don't think it will happen. I don't think Eddie will be starting. I don't think he'll even be on the bench. Um, I, I I don't know. Something in my gut's just telling me I've got a wee a Yeti Klamala, a Yeti Griff, one of those. And I, I, I quite fancy seeing a Yeti and Klamala and seeing what happens there. Um, but my brain's telling me... Um, and looking at the kind of picks that that, that Lennon's made or, or Neil's made in the past, Ayeti Moy, I think is what what we'll see. So your body's saying Paddy, but your mind's saying Moy. Moy. Um, how how do you think the game will play out? You know, 
Personally, I, I don't know. I, I would like us to come out kind of all guns blazing. Um, I, I, I always have this feeling that we never start these games well. We always give them the kind of early momentum and, and impetus right from the off, which I really want is, you know, if we can bear in mind the result that happened um, on the 29th last year and, and use that, I really want to go at them. I, I don't want to feel our way into the game or anything like that. I really want to go for it from the off. You know, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm really undecided about whether I think it's going to be a kind of kind of gung ho, loads of goals in it, or if it's going to be a nervy tight affair. Barry, what do you think yourself? What are you leaning more towards? I think it'll be a tight and nervy one. Um, I would love it not to be, but I just think that. I think what they tend to do is they can, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, Louis, they tend to go gung-ho to start with. Um, but I think, see, not having a crowd, I think Celtic might try and be a wee bit methodical because there won't be a crowd kind of charging us on to force the issue. I'd love us to go out and force the issue and get an early goal and then make them come at us and pick them off. But I can see it being one goal in it. Um, and I know that's horrible because we're all nervous as it is, but... I think it'll be a tight, nervy affair, and I'm just praying to God that it goes in our favour. Yeah, I think it's going to... We'll all be able to tell within the first five minutes as to how the game's going to go. Um, it's There's a lot for Celtic to contend with in terms of coming back off the international week. Um, you don't know what the sort of atmosphere in the squad's going to be like um, in terms of so many players being affected by, by COVID and so on. Um, I agree with Barry. I can see it being tight. Um, nervy, um, but hopefully we'll get, you know, hope, obviously hope we get the result. But the early doors is going to be very significant because um, we'll find out how how Lennon wants them to go. You, you you hope Lennon's just going to tell them to, you know, we're better than them. Um, just go out and make it count. And and you know, similarly what we did to the first game last season when Eddie took kickoff and just scalped the ball up to their corner flag. And you know we had we were on the ascendancy right from the start. I would like to see us do that again, um, and just just really drive at them. See, see one thing uh, just but on on Barry's point about about the atmosphere and things. You know, they've came flying out the traps because they've used the crowd to their advantage. Um, and, and I know that sounds daft with the kind of reduced numbers at Celtic Park when when they visit now and all that sort of thing. But I think their fa- I think their players and their kind of the team talk that they're given before the game and all that, they're very riled up. They come out a, a wee bit kind of brash and rash in the, at, at the start of these games. I think they'll struggle to get that. I think the players will struggle to start a game like that because of, of the nature of it all with no fans there. So in a way, I think that might help us. Because they're not gonna, they're not gonna have that about them like they've had in, in past kind of seasons or, or certainly last season. So I think that might play into our hands a wee bit. Um, I would just like to see us really dictate things and and from the off. And like Brian said there, when you know when we hoofed it, hoofed it up the pitch from from the kickoff last time, something like or not the last game, but something like that. You know, just get us up the pitch and, and try and put the pressure on them early. Bowed. Aye, aye. I mean, Barry's, Barry is definitely right. It will be horrible, it will be nervy, and we'll win by one goal. But my prediction is, within five minutes, a Yeti will score a goal, uh, and we'll beat them 4-1. Tav will score a penalty for them, Duffy will score for us. And Fucking hell, I was going to ask for your prediction covers. later, and you've just... <laughs> well, you know... You'll probably change it in the next five minutes anyway. Yeah, um, come back before, to me. 
before we get to our predictions at the end of the show, um, you know, it's it's the tenth season. These games are going to be, I think, anyway, the deciding factor in, in it all. Therefore, it's a must-win, is it not? I mean, we we have to, you know, we're a point behind. I know we've got the game in hand, but you you you'd rather the points on the board. The old cliche, but you know, we really need to win these, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um... Particularly because it's at home, um, and I know I know they've lost, they lost last season, still won the league at home. But I think setting down the marker, um, I think we said right at the start of this, if we win um, and to go ahead of them when we still have the game in hand would be massive, and then that puts the pressure on them because I think there's a few games where they've got a game where we haven't or something like that, I'm sure before uh, because of the cup or whatever. But yeah, if we win. I think we're we're cruising, and then it puts all the pressure on them. So, just fucking win Celtic. Eh? <laughs> Absolutely. But would, would you think of the impact in terms of you know if we if we were to lose the game and but we've still got that game in hand to kind of fall back on? Is that a wee bit of a safety net? It's a wee bit. I mean, you're a, you're absolutely right. It is. It's ultimately going to come down to these derby games. But um, I think it was Gal that reminded me that. You know that the season we stopped there ten, they won the first the first derby at an old firm as it was in. Um, but as you said, this is a home game. There's the mentality, and as much as points per game we are winning, we're still you know they've got that game in hand, so they're just getting ahead of them, top of the league. I think it's a it's a it's a blow to them, and it's a huge huge um, boost for us. Um, and we're also the last couple of seasons. Rangers have done that thing where the winter breaks came and they've just fucked it. They've absolutely fucked it. Um, winter break's going to look a lot different this year. We might have multiple breaks. Nobody really knows what's going to happen with this season. So kind of relying on them just absolutely shit in the bed after January's not something I think we can do. Well, we're not actually having a, a proper winter break, are we? Yes, yeah. it's, it's not but, in the schedule now, but you never know what's going to happen now. Exactly. She exactly. just on that before Brian comes back in. I think as Boud said there, who knows how the season's going to end. It might get curtailed short again. So I think see getting on, on top of the league as soon as possible and staying there, um, it'd be massive because it'd be horrible there's, to... Horrible there's something that appeals to me about winning the, the league in points per game, but them being top of the league because they've got games on hand. Yeah, I would quite agree. like that. I would love it if we won on Saturday and they called the league at four <laughs> <Yeah>. o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that'd, be, that'd be brilliant you see the la- last thing I wanted to ask Brian you can maybe start us on this you know we've we've questioned obviously the performances and we've been desperate for, for a, a kind of change in performance and, and finally kind of getting one because we seem to be kind of grinding out results but the performances aren't living up to it is this the game where you kind of would go, forgo a good performance just to get the result or, or should we still be desperate to to see that performance change for the for the, kind of for the positive. Yeah, this this is the tricky one where at the end of the day all you want to do is beat them. Doesn't matter how you do it, you just want to win. But the difference with this game, similar to Hibs, we are we're going to be playing against a team with a different style to all the others that we've been up against, which has contributed towards the sort of turgid, drawn out games we've nice. had to, to suffer. Um so this will be a very different prospect for Celtic. I think it will allow us to play a different game um, and you know we're at home it's a big pitch there's a lot of opportunities for us um, I think 
this is a must-win game for a hell of a lot of reasons. None um, more so than just having points on the board because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, also, in terms of laying down a marker and from a mentality point of view, if this was a normal season, yeah, as much as you don't want to lose against them, losing the first game, it's not you know the end of the world. But the way in terms of the 10 season and, and we don't know what's going to happen with this league, it's massive to get a result and to get to get points on the board and get to the top of the league. Out. Aye. What's the question? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, just, Barry, just agree about. Do, 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 <laughs> I, I agree. He just, yes. he just agrees anyway. <laughs> Barry, p- performance over, you know, d- d- we're kind of due one. Yeah, definitely. Um, as much as we loved the the cup final last year, um, Bowd and Brian um, were there anyway, but we were just going mental and gals after we get back for the game. But I would love for us just to go out and show our dominance and wipe the floor with them because if anything else, it, it settles, it'll settle all of us. If we go out and we're brilliant and we blow them away, um, our heart rates will be nice and steady. Um, but if it's backs to the wall and we win, we'll all be delighted at the end. But just make it easy for us. Make it make it nice um, throughout rather than shiting ourselves for 90 minutes to get the win. So I would take that, but I would much rather um, free flowing football and be taking them apart. Yeah. Yeah, there's a kind of hope that most of our poor performances have been because there's been nine or ten men behind the ball this season. Whereas, you know, Rangers are terrible and fairly defensive minded, but you would hope you would hope it's not that bad and that um I that their confidence lets us actually play and slap them about a wee bit. Right, prediction time. Uh, Boud, I've, I've got a funny feeling I know yours, but do you want to start us off? Yeah, eight one. They're going to wow. sing songs about this day, gentlemen. Um, Julian Duffy and I are, are all getting goals. If Welsh has to come in due to another exit, you know, Duffy or Julian, he'll score as well. So all three centre-backs will score a goal. 8-1. Um, Ayeti scoring. Uh, Polish Klamala scoring. Polish Klamala? Polish Paddy uh, <laughs> scoring. Uh, you know, Frimpong with a hat-trick. Why not? Brilliant. Uh, Barry? I'm going to go for a nervy 2-1. Um, and I'll say a Yeti and Cal McGregor. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for 2-0. Um, I think Duffy will score. Um, I think Griffiths might get a goal. Um, possibly later in the game. I don't think Griffiths will start. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go Duffy and Griffiths and uh, 2-0 Celtic. Well, I um, I'm going to nail my colours to the mass. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say four two, four two Celtic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm unsure about goal scorers other than the fact I think Paddy will come on and score. Um, I think there'll be a wee appearance from uh, Tam. You know, with a with the four hands. I think he'll do something off the bench. Um, but you know, overall, I'm feeling a lot more confident. I mean, I asked everybody at the beginning how you were feeling. Um, you know, personally, as I said, I was shitting myself before it. Now, thinking about it, talking about it, you know, I'm I'm kind of quietly confident again. I think we've got the players there, um, despite the the players that are out. I think we've we've got a lot of very good players anyway. And you know, the, the starting eleven that we went through there, you know, most of that is kind of in my kind of ideal. Uh, starting the living anyway. Um, up front, you know, 
yes, there's a, a few question marks and and the, the bench might be a, a little kind of a bit, a bit weakened, obviously, with the players that are out. But then, you know, you've still got the likes of Turnbull in there and, and Rogic and Klamala. And I mean, these players are all players that can come on and make a difference. It'll be interesting to see how the five subs affects things and, and, and whether, you know, both managers make all five subs. I think that will be quite quite interesting for one of these games but all in all 4-2 feeling feeling a lot more confident than I, than I started off this has been very worthwhile Barry um, anything you you want to say before we go just let's just smash them eh? let's just smash Aye. them I think I said earlier just fucking win and I'm going to make a promise that I'm going to go absolutely crazy if we win um, I know we can't go anywhere but this house is getting turned upside down I think I think if we I think if we win we should get a, a Zoom chat on the go like we did when we won the season last season. I think we should get get all the cynics on a on a Zoom chat. Chris Bowd? aye, delighted. Hail hail! Um, we're gonna we're gonna just we're, we are in Sopranos language. We're gonna whack them. <laughs> They're gonna be nice. They're gonna be begging for a whacking. <laughs> We're gonna go back to Brian McManus. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I've come on and my my calmness and positivity has had a a good effect on you guys. He's <laughs> went from all bricking it to now we're gonna scud them. So I think that's the attitude we should all have. We're a much better team, got much better players, we don't have anything to worry about, and we should all just be looking forward to it. And uh yep, I'm really I've got some German beers downstairs and I'm really looking forward to our celebration Zoom call on Saturday night. Absolutely, let's make it happen, Brian. Listen, I, I think you know we've got to go in this this game, this season of all seasons. We've got to be confident, not not arrogant about it, but I think we've got to be confident and, and put in a good performance. And aye, let's just let's just smash them. We owe them one for the 29th, so let's let's put that right. This has been brilliant. This has been the Cynic Weekly. Um, I've been Louis McCaffrey, and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs> <laughs>